Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hardcover Hooligans, where we will go through the the dunes and dunes knots of Frank Herbert's oh boy. Dune Messiah. <laughs> Dino, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, do you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad would you feel if you inadvertently killed, <laughs> I don't know, a couple billion people? You know, I feel like I wouldn't... <laughs> This might sound bad. Uh Oh, I'd say like, you know, I don't think it's my fault. It doesn't. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I like, I think it like, I think it honestly, it'd break me psychologically that it like pushed me the other end of like, there's no reason. No, there's no possible way I could have done this. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It's not a and funny you, answer, but but it's a it's a you and you and our new uh, our new best friend might share share a couple things in common, and there's a couple things I have weird questions about that I'm unsure of. So I'm excited to get into it. Um. Anyway. Yeah. For this, we read the entirety of Dune Messiah because it's really short. Uh. So there's no don't be on the lookout for part two because it's never coming. Dune Messiah published in 1969. Uh, the second book in the Dune series. Lots of people, I have learned, consider the first three novels as like you read them all together. Uh, we're not. I'm not. Re- we're not reading the third one here. <laughs> we're just not, reading, not right, we're just not right now. These two. Anyway, yeah, not right now. Um, and and this is the book where I think the inversions of the themes set up in the first book come from. I think that's safe to say. Yes, it's the full story of Paul. Muad'Dib Atreides, yeah, which is why it felt like the first one ended, and you're like, huh, yeah, <laughs> what? And okay. this uh, this book has um has a lot not not more characters, uh, actually significantly fewer characters, but they're all they all have like a thing, like everybody in this <laughs> book has like a they've got their they've got their thing, you know, and it's I it's like and, high uh, school, you know. Yeah, yeah, kind of. They well, they've got like the cool. You ever been in high school? And there's like a group <laughs> of cool guys and a big fish man, and they're plotting to kill you. I mean, <laughs> I've been there. Uh, Danilo, you have read this book before. Uh, that that's oh. bit, let's put a big fat asterisk on that. Oh, explain. I read it and remembered absolutely nothing from it. Okay, but you have read. You laid eyes upon the page. Technically, the words have at some point made their way into my brain electricity. Did anything um, jump out at you as being like, oh, I remember this after you read it or truly, truly zero? I remember being confused about when Paul, when like the nuclear bomb thing goes off. Yeah. Being like, huh? And that also again happened this time. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. And I think for some reason I thought he died during that. So I like totally misremembered. Oh. uh, What happened? Yeah. So, I mean effectively this is my first time reading it all right yeah sure yeah cool it is also my first time uh reading it um all right so listen this book it's it's gonna be weird to this book is really short like i was i was surprised by how short this book is and um i feel like a lot it really moves like books do not need to be 900 pages long like that's just I would, uh, I don't, I'm I'm like torn because I mm. agree, but I, I don't know if it's just the way he writes things that move fast to where it really feels like things are just happening and you're like, blah, 
you know? Yeah. Which I found very disorienting. And I think probably was one of the mm. reasons I don't remember a lot from before. Like, I mean, you, you know, every sort of every book, you sort of have to learn how to read it. Yeah. You and do. Like, I also don't know. Is that a flaw with this book? Is it not? I guess I, I found it more difficult to shift into the mode of reading this style than maybe you did, Mac. Did you yeah. find it all? Were you just like, was it smooth sailing the whole time for yep. you? Yeah, there was never, uh, I was not, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and claim I understood it all, but there was never sure. a moment where I was like, truly like lost. I feel like I got it. Um, and I, and I really enjoyed it, uh, because, because I felt like it was a lot more. Okay. So I guess we could start, I guess we could start here. Mm-hmm. Every person I've ever, ever talked to who has read at least these first two Dune novels have been like, oh, the, like, I would just read the first one. Like, they give you that sort of, like, like, uh, condescending, <laughs> like, passive aggressive, <laughs> like, I don't know if you can hang with uh, Frank Herbert's uh, <laughs> energy. I think this book is a lot more, uh, I think the opposite. I think if you read the first Dune book, this is a lot easier to digest than the first one was. I mean, I would say, I think I... I'm in the same boat. I like this one more. Like I just did. I think it's whatever, you know, issues I had with it. Maybe we can get into with like, I think it's specifically choices in terms of like writing style and like Herbert's own. It's interesting because the last book felt more like uh, Frank Herbert could lean on the tropes and ideas of like standard sci-fi stuff to like make it more get his weirdness more out of the book and like stabilize it a oh, bit. Oh, sure, yeah. Whereas this book really feels like all Frank Herbert weirdness for for like for better, yes, and I think also for worse sometimes as well. Hmm. Which I think is I think is what people come for for these later books. Like there's like just batshit crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I in that uh the batshit crazy stuff that's in this book uh, I really liked. Me too. So we're, we, uh, this is a little inside baseball listener, but we're, we're been, we've been talking about different formats um, or, or ways to discuss the books we're going to talk about. Um, just very quickly, I am going to give a really wide overview of the plot. Uh, and then we can just sort of jump around, I think. Because uh, well, it's, it's going to be hard to... I don't know. There's a lot going on, but at the same time, there's really just a f- just a few uh, hyper important parts. Um, okay, I just accidentally closed it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay, so there's been a time jump, twelve years, right? Am I correct in that? It's been twelve years. Yep. Uh, Paul, he accidentally did his big jihad, um, <laughs> and a and a shit ton of people all across the known uh, like known space they never really give mention to it the universe they call it but yeah i don't know if it's actually the universe um, anyway a bunch of people die and he is created like he has really riled up uh the fremen into uh religious fervor the book begins there is a three-pronged conspiracy to bring down uh, Paul Muad'Dib Atreides, led by uh, Mother Mohayim of the Bene Gesserit, and two new cool freaks, uh, <laughs> Saitel, who is a face dancer of the Tleilaxu, which is a new organization. They actually were mentioned in the previous book by Baron Harkonnen 
in literally a sentence, but they play, <laughs> play a bigger role here. And uh, Edric, or, 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 yeah, right? Edric, it's Edric, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is a member of the Spacing Guild, who Herbert has now decided are fish people. <laughs> well, I think in the, we have never seen a guild navigator. This is like oh, a specific kind of, yeah. Okay. So I think in the last book we saw like those their, two guys. The two and the guys are just like the bureaucrats who like oh. do the business stuff. Like, I think there's like different levels where like okay. the the navigators who like steer the ships are like the crazy fish people. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I was thank you. I did not. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I guess they're fish people now. I I, I was totally <laughs> on board with him just retconning it. I was uh, I wasn't even going to question it. You know how fish people like need their um <laughs> their like business people to like do all yeah. their business I, for them. You well, know, it's kind of like a Petco. You can't buy the fish without going through the business person first. You know, you uh, can't go to a Petco and then you're like, what is this? A person working here? I thought it was all fish. <laughs> you know, yeah, the person sells us the fish because they can't get out the, the tanks by themselves. <laughs> And Edric actually can't. He's literally like, he's not a fish man in the way that like Sponge, like <laughs> Mr. Krabs can like walk around. He's like in a yeah, big tank. Yeah, we buried the lead on that. He's not an actual fish man. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's like a big orange uh, fish in a tank. And he like gets wheeled around. Um, yeah, he's, he's um, which is, which is pretty funny. You know? Yes, it is pretty funny. He's a, he's a, he's a. He's a funny character, I think intentionally. I love the scenes he's in. He's kind of a big weird freak, and uh, uh, the only reason he's involved in the conspiracy at all is that he also has the power of prescience and mm-hmm. world building lore. Moment here: if you can see into the future, you cannot see the actions of another person who can see in the future. It's like Atium. Unfortunately, damn I hate it! To I was say. just about to say that. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was on the fence about saying it or not. <laughs> I no, I think we take every opportunity we can to relate it to the people's book, you know. Uh <laughs> misborn. Uh, um, oh sorry, go ahead. And he's and he's a fish we call him a fish person because like he's like mutated because he spends all this time in this the spice gas and he has to be in a spice gas tank or else if he doesn't breathe like spice air, he'll die. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why he's in a tank, and why he looks like a fish. Um. Uh. Okay. So Mother Mohayam recruits uh, Princess Irulan to their cause. Uh. Mother Mohayam really wants Paul to impregnate Irulan. Um. And Irulan has been feeding Paul's wife Chani contraceptives so that they can't have a kid because they. I don't know if they have a kid, it'll be crazy mm. powerful. Or and Princess Irulan's like the official his right. a, Paul's official wife. And Chani is the concubine, not unlike how Leto and Jessica in the last book had the similar relationship. Yeah. It, uh, okay, so the 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 Tleilaxu, we got to talk yes. about them right now because yep. the next big part that's coming up is directly the Tleilaxu are like xenophobic geneticists. Is that I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, or just gen- I think they're just like gen- they like do genetic experiments, basically biological genetic experiments. I thought they were I thought they were like specifically also like weird, like like eugenicists, or or like trying to create the perfect. Oh, they are they are xenophobic. You're right. Um, yeah, because they okay, so they're the Tleilaxu are just like another big organization in the universe. 
they have created what is called a gola, which is essentially a zombie. And the gola that they have created is the corpse and spirit essence of one Duncan Idaho, baby. He's back, baby. He's back. And he is also a... Oh, fuck. I didn't write this down. He's a he's a certain kind of um, mentat. He's like a... He's like a Socrates mentat. I don't remember. They have like a name. Oh, yeah, he's like, a Zen Sunni mentat. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Specifically like one, a mentat for philosophy, not just for like uh-huh. computing. And the plan is... Oh, okay. The Gola has a name and it's mm-hmm. really not subtle. His name is Hate. <laughs> but it's spelled... I was, it, mentally, I pronounced it Height. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I was saying Hate. Because uh, there's a moment where, where a character says hate and then spells it, H-A-Y-T. And I was like, you did that because it <laughs> looks like hate. But the Gola's name is hate. And the conspirator's plan is that the Gola will philosophize Paul Atreides so hard he'll destroy the Empire himself. <laughs> They're like, the only way we can think of undermining him is to make him question himself. Yep. And then we find out he's already been doing that. Yes. And they actually get along really well. <laughs> and he's and, and the goal is a very honest and spoiler guy. alert, it doesn't work <laughs> at doesn't, all. The opposite, actually, in fact. Um, yeah, it gets them all killed. <laughs> Chani ends up getting pregnant because she switches her diet. <laughs> uh, she switches her diet and starts eating a more traditional Fremen diet. And I guess, like, Princess Irulan is so stupid she didn't think to like i don't know how that cancels out the contraceptives but it does it, it just does and uh uh she gets pregnant paul atreides he gets into contact with a man named Othiam, who is is he in the previous book i don't think so okay but he was a death commando one of the fideican uh and he has a tleilaxu uh to to use the word that the book uses uh is a dwarf uh uh, uh, and his name is Bijaz, and he is an incredibly weird uh, part of this book because he's he's almost like um, almost like a like a like a like a it feels like he belongs in like a fairy tale. Yeah, like a sort of like a court jester. He like yeah. like talks weird and like has little riddles. Yeah, and, yeah, and. Uh, this little guy, uh, Bajaz, tells uh, the Gola. They have like this weird like way they can communicate. Do you want to explain this, Danilo? There's like a, I don't it's know like what it's called. Tones but... and humming, and yeah. I don't know. And so the yeah the twist is that this Bajaz guy is like there to activate hate, who's like a. Um, like a Manchurian candidate sort of situation. <laughs> it's just like that. It's just like that. It's it's exact it's exactly like that. <laughs> Which you know what? I wonder what came first. I think Manchurian candidate came first. <laughs> I think it did, yeah. The novel the novel wow, came out in nineteen fifty nine. But it's 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 the different it's kind of a spin on it where you know one of them's a dwarf and one of them's right. a zombie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a fun Manchurian candidate. It's not a trigger command, it's humming, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> yeah, he, like, hums. Like, as far as, like, hate knows, he's, like, being fully honest with Paul. And, like, but the Tleilaxu have, like, programmed uh, some, like, 
sub process in him that like if Bajaz like activates it and then a certain certain events happen like okay when Chani dies and Paul does says this then to hate then hate's gonna like spring into action and kill Paul right uh, which almost does happen at the end if not for the power mm-hmm. of friendship an overwhelming power of friendship <laughs> which was the plan all along apparently. right of course <laughs> uh, well, so, so many of these books is like something like twist happens and then someone's like and that was the plan all <laughs> I along know. I know because this is not I'm speeding through I'm trying to speed through the summary because I want to talk about like spend most of this time talking about like the big themes and stuff for this book but mm-hmm. Danilo you hit on an interesting point I don't understand just talking about writing at large I feel like we're going to get way off I think that's okay to get way off yeah. topic of talking about this book really at all. I don't understand why in in genre fiction that is co- like every character ever is like the smartest like guy ever and every and it's 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 so fucking frustrating that like th- the way that Frank Her- listen I like this book a lot but Frank Herbert still as like a writer I don't. I am not sure it's good because there's still the problem. I think it might happen more in this book, or maybe I just was noticing it more because it's shorter. But the, mm. the thing is still happening. Where like characters will talk and have a conversation, and then one of them will be like I, the example I used in the other one. It was from that forum post. It's like, oh, the 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 clever spider weaving its web of intrigue. Like I don't <laughs> understand what it is with this with science fiction and fantasy books where we can't just like read between any lines at all like there's no opportunity for the reader to be is that because like the it's it doesn't take place on our world that they get nervous i think think, or like i think part of it i feel like it could be a two-pronged thing like one the author is has a lot of ideas in their head and is trying to put it all on paper and honestly i think a big part of it is just for the author to keep everything straight and then it just ends up in the final thing. You know, like, because I can imagine you have the story in your head and, like, it's hard to mentally keep track of, you know, if, oh, this person's planning to do this. I don't know. But also, like, possibly for, like, readers to just know what's happening, you know? Because I, I, I mean, it'd be interesting to, you know, uh, explore the like the history of genre fiction because like it starts as like pulp stuff you know and it's only like through its development it becomes more interested in like ideas yeah and so i think it just inherits it might just inherit a lot of stuff from being <laughs> really bad and pulpy on purpose <laughs> yeah that makes sense um well anyway Which, yeah Oh, well, I think oh, and my I think my highest point of frustration in this book was like being halfway through and being like literally every chapter is two people in a room talking. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no like there's maybe one chapter where it's, you know, one person doing something and we're seeing them from their perspective. It's always like this person walked into a room and started talking to this person and then that's the whole chapter and then it ends and then the next chapter is two people talking in a room and anything that happens happens like in between chapters and all the conversations are like about the actual story yeah. which is a crazy way to write. Yeah. That <laughs> does happen I think a lot. Part of the reason like 
I think what we learned in the last book, which is, you know, maybe Frank Herbert isn't great at like writing action or super comfortable with it, which is why he's like, and the sandworms uh, arrive and it's cool, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's one sentence. Yeah. So he sticks to his strengths, I guess, which is writing inter- dialogue with many, many layers. But that's, that still right. gets exciting. I think that the dialogue, I think that the dialogue is is actually really good in this book. Uh, like, like, okay, the, my favorite moment of this entire book comes early in it when, and I'm not, I don't remember why this happens and I don't, and I don't care. Don't write about it. I don't care. The, uh, Saitel, the face dancer, like goes to some guy's house and they have a conversation about the jihad and the war and Saitel kills this guy and steals his like granddaughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where Saitel, who oh I face dancers they can like change their face and be whoever so yeah. so they're both he's pretending to be a veteran of this jihad talking to uh this guy and this guy is talking about like seeing water for the first time on this planet that the that the 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 jihad the oh the kiz kiz uh, Quizarot? Is that what they they call themselves? The what's the, what's Paul's um religious like uh organization called? I think it's the Kizarot. Yeah, Kizarot. Q Q I Z A R E T. Like on this planet that they conquered, and he's talking about like how he was a di- he like was baptized in the water of this planet, and even though it made him like incredibly sick, after he went into the water he came out of the water and saw not just like his life but all of life in a completely different way and realized like what they had been doing was like wrong and fucked up and they shouldn't have been doing it and like this is the first time in in this in the book so far aside from like paul is always sort of aware that the jihad is bad where we get like pov from somebody being like i'm not sure any of this is good and is and is going to lead anywhere good and i and i love that part because like that conversation was so i thought that was so captivating because they're talking about the stuff i had been looking for in dude Mm -hmm. i am less interested in like paul and shawnee arguing about kids (laughs) or 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 like like uh hate and Aaliyah like being in love even though she's like 16 and he's an ancient zombie i think she's 15 well no but she's actually nine thousand years old and that's what you don't understand (laughs) oh my god though you you keep stealing my jokes that'll screw my jokes well isn't that so fucked up like there's so many moments where frank herbert in this book with Aaliyah is like it's almost like she was fucking her own dad (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because she's like she knows she has like ten thousand years of ancient knowledge, but right. in the body of fifteen year old, so it's she, okay. Like, actually, she has all her mom's memories, so so she she like knows what it was like to have sex with her dad, which it'd be it's, fucked up. I think it'd be gr- I think it'd be great if it like actually explored how fucked up that is. Yeah, but they but don't. instead like it like sexualizes a teenager. You know, it does in it, a, a classic like does. sci-fi. Herbert just like can't write a woman. No, like we talked about this in the last one. We're like, oh, there's I just seen just women. What are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she can't fit into school. <laughs> yeah, I think that's especially apparent here. Like, like hate, like a assaults her 
like just kisses it's, her. It's weird. And and is like, you wanted me to do that. And she's like, yeah, I did. And it's, he's like a creepy zombie man. Like that's not a well, woman would react that, that way. Before that, there's a whole chapter where like she's horny and naked and knife fighting, and then and, like and like her, her brother's brother checking her out. And, <laughs> oh my and god! Adult, they all just walk in, and she's just like standing there. It is fucking it's bizarre. Crazy. But Frank Herbert's a Frank Herbert's a weird little pervert. So. The, and that's the it's like the um, I think we said this with Brandon Sanderson, and it's like a George Lucas thing too. It's like these insanely creative people like just don't have a leash or someone to be like weird need to how about no you know. <laughs> Do we need this in here? But, like, you need the crazy naked teenage girl knife fighting in order to have, like, the the beautiful discussion about being baptized in the waters of another world. Like, it's weird. Like, it weirdly feels two sides of the same coin, and it's so conflicting. I know, like, it comes from the same mind. Like, you need yeah. to, because he's, like, a weird freak. Right. It's just, it's just funny. I was thinking about, I, I was thinking about this when it happened, is that, these two, this brother and sister, have a weird will they, won't they incestual relationship, and so do uh-huh. Luke and Leia. <laughs> and uh-huh. at, at least, in, to George Lucas's credit, the second one wasn't on purpose. He didn't know they were related until he wrote the third movie. So there's that. Um, uh, but oh, I guess that's also a part of this is that the Benny Jesuit are trying to match make uh Paul and her and uh, Aaliyah so that they can keep the like genetic experiment going to create to create what another guy who's gonna ruin everybody's life (laughs) i think they want a quizot's hatterack they can control because paul was like you shan't control me and they're like oh no our plans are ruined but isn't the whole point of the quizot satirac is that he's it's essentially an uncontrollable force of nature so why would you think you could control it again or is that the point i don't know i think they think they can or want to but so this is where we're talking about bejazz he literally he yes. meets his new friend Bajaz, and then Paul walks outside, and then a nuke goes off and it burns out his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Did he like go visit? Like I think I'm just I was just so confused by like where he was and why and how he got there and was it weren't they going to Otham's house or something? Um, they're going to. Uh, well, there's a there's a conspiracy among the Kizarat to like oust him because they're like they've like run out of planets to jihad, so they're yeah. all like bored. <laughs> yeah the 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 reason Paul goes to see Othaim is because Saitel has has disguised herself as this girl, uh, the girl the girl from this is who it is. It's the girl from earlier in the book that he took. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Paul's like, you gotta go, I, or uh, Saitel's like, I have a message, uh, you have to go see my, this guy. And Paul knows it's a trap, uh, but he does still go. Well, in this, in this, I think the second half of this book, like, right when Chani gets pregnant, Paul gets, like, even more depressed than he already is. Because, like, there is, like, a sense of foreboding, and Paul keeps saying, like... He knows what's going to happen and it's bad and it sucks, but like it's what needs to happen. And he's like powerless to stop it, like stop it. Basically, it's the best situation for him and everyone he cares about. So he has to go through with it. And partly that's because Paul, Paul didn't stop the contraceptive because Paul saw Chani die in childbirth. So he's trying to stop that from happening. Uh, 
So he gets his eyes burned out, and then he's even more prescient than before. And he can still, like, see, except that he can't. Uh, it's a little confusing on purpose. Um, like, he knows some guy is wearing, like, a yellow shirt. Um, mm. I'm unsure if that's because he can see the future, and in the future he's wearing a yellow shirt, and Paul is just, like, assuming... I don't know if he can really see, and it is like confusing, and it's confusing on purpose. But it's funny. I imagine how it's the how like the Steel Inquisitors see, oh. where like it's a blue. Because doesn't he talk about how like it's sort of a blue fading thing? Yeah, it is or like a, I, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like how Daredevil in the how they in the Daredevil Netflix show sees stuff. It's like outlines of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he okay. So Paul can see. He becomes even more powerful. The Gola, uh, Paul eventually just talks the Gola into stop. He's like, you got to stop being Hayden. You got to be Duncan Idaho again. And he's like, all right. <laughs> it takes a while, but I he thought, does eventually do it. I mean, I loved the, I think the Gola stuff is super cool. Yeah, I do too. I think it gave Paul much needed like characterization, like giving him something to like struggle with like oh it's this person he was close to it was like a mentor and like a father figure and he died saving him but now he's back but not really and like he knows he's an instrument of his destruction but like can't help finding you know emotional connection where he can because he's so isolated from being the strongest emperor ever i thought all that stuff was awesome (laughs) Yeah, I think it's awesome, too. It would be better if Duncan Idaho had more than a paragraph of dialogue in the previous book and we actually like got <laughs> to know him. But yeah, it's I, I like that a lot. I think hate is an interesting character. All the scenes where he is conflicted about having both like the spirit of Duncan Idaho in him and this new thing called hate. I think that's really that's really awesome. And those conversations that paul and and him have are are really are really captivating and at the end when he becomes duncan idaho that's like a really good earned moment that the book has and i think delivers on it really well and i really like like duncan idaho as a character by the end of this book i think he's Mm -hmm. he's really fun and now i know why people say they're like oh i love duncan idaho because if you just (laughs) read the first one you're like what (laughs) <laughs> and now it makes more sense it's just they Jason cast... Momoa and he dies right now having read this it makes a lot more sense why they'd cast some if they are gonna make this also a movie why they cast somebody yeah. as like charismatic and fun to watch as Jason Momoa is as this character I definitely imagined uh, unconsciously Jason Momoa the whole time oh me too and it worked and it like talk about casting man I think that fucking oh, yeah. nailed it he's awesome Hopefully he doesn't kiss a 15-year-old in the movie, but well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I saw some threads on the internet where everyone's like, they've got to age her up. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Because I guess it's still weird, but I guess it's certainly less weird in the book. It wouldn't be the first time Jason Momoa played a much older character who's supposed who's in a book who <laughs> is supposed to be uh with someone who's concerned who's really young but is aged up for a mo- for the show <laughs> <laughs> it just he gets a he's he's got the most specific typecasting in all of <laughs> la la land <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so we're almost at the end of the book here um like we said before bijan does like like that weird like word mind control to hate uh, well, I guess at this point it's to Duncan Idaho. 
uh, to try to get him to kill Paul, and Paul's like, well, I think it was, I think it was still hate because when it, oh, oh, okay, yeah, oh yeah, like, it it's, is because it's, it's the, right. The process after this. is sort of like it's he is hate and he knows he is, and then just from talking to Paul, like the Duncan Idaho part, like gets stronger and he gets more conflicted about like I feel this part is real, but also like yeah. I know this other part, and then it just keeps like the Duncan Idaho part keeps like getting bigger, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. So right after that, he becomes Duncan Idaho again. And you think everything's good? Well, I mean, what happens, it, It's this. I think it happens in the course of the climax where Shawnee dies in childbirth and that's the trigger for hate to kill Paul. And then when oh, he tries yeah, to kill you're Paul... Totally, yeah, you're totally right. Like, you're totally right. The, the Duncan Idaho part, like jumps into action to not kill paul to like do a full takeover yeah and like destroy the hate part so he becomes full duncan idaho in trying to kill paul right yeah but chani dies uh and she has twins which paul didn't know Mm -hmm. about um and paul can see through the eyes of his son uh which has got a which has got to feel pretty fucked up and also Mm -hmm. chani is the the daughter is that is that part of it doesn't he like sense that she's like he's like oh her spirit is still here i don't i don't remember that they make that up hang on maybe it's right on the hang on one moment (laughs) i'll look for it too are you thinking of when they when saito saito offers to make chani a gola no i know that happens too but i i swear i thought that let me see I forgot. I forgot how Beach Jazz dies. I, just, <laughs> I did too. How did, how did, <laughs> he just what happened? Duncan. He Paul's just like hey, Duncan. Can you kill this guy, please? <laughs> <He's> like, yeah. <laughs> I know. Johnny seems pretty dead. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know why I thought that. Oh wait, hang on. Yeah, you're damn. You're damn right. I was right. Check this out. Ready? Yeah. Paul felt himself in the crash then with Aaliyah cooing over him. Her hand soothed him. Her face loomed a giant thing directly over him. She turned him then and he saw his crash companion, a girl with that bony ribbed look of strength which came from a desert heritage. She had a full head of tawny red hair. As he stared, she opened her eyes. Those eyes. Chani peered out of her eyes. And the Lady Jessica. She's, She's also... She's like... Has all the knowledge of those oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. too yeah she's not they, she's not like a reborn that's not what i meant she's like a, got it yeah so yes the daughter and i think the son too like they both like basically what happened to Aaliyah happened to them where they're like born with full consciousness and all that fun did she stuff. drink any poison or did that just happen because she has full consciousness i think it just happens because it's like paul's they're paul's offspring they're just super powerful and crazy Gotcha. Well, we can, uh, I mean, we can leave in that part, I feel like, where we just talked about yeah. B-Jazz, because I feel like that was pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, that's what happens to B-Jazz. Uh, and then Paul walks... Well, Sight- oh, sorry. No, well, Sightail comes, so, oh, like... Yeah, I guess. The Ord end is like, ah, <laughs> uh, Duncan Idaho, they're like, ah, you've proved that uh, uh, Gola can retain the memory of its past person. And he, like, holds one of the babies hostage... And then Paul, like, looks through the eyes of his son so he can, like, grab a knife and stab Psytale in the head. 
and then that's done. <laughs> yeah, I think and he throws it. They have Duncan kills cool. Bajaz and yeah, and then uh, so Saitel dies and Bajaz dies, and then Paul's like, "All right, that's it for me," and then he walks into the desert. Yep, the Fremen tradition. Yeah, because oh yeah, because blind the blind Fremen are, are left to the desert, and since yep. Paul is blind and a Fremen, he does the same thing to himself. After yep. he makes Aaliyah the em- empress. Yep. <laughs> and she and he says, "Hey, you know those people that conspired against against me? Don't don't kill them." And Aaliyah's like, "Okay." And then she <laughs> he wanders in the desert. And he's like, and she's like, "Duncan, go kill those people." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then so. Uh, the guild steersman Edric and the Bene Gesserit mother Mohayim and all that, they're all dead. But Princess Irulan was yeah. so distraught by her she role in this. Turn. She uh just becomes good or like yeah. becomes on the side of the trade. <laughs> you know it's funny, I actually like this because the whole time in the well, I don't know if I like this, but I'm happy that because in the first book, you're like, all these good things about Paul are written by Princess Irulan, but she fucking hates him. And then at the end mm-hmm. of this book, she's like, oh, I was actually wrong. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't really know why. It's, it is weird. Yeah. And she renounces the Bene Gesserit and is like, I'm going to teach his children for the rest of my life. She's a real uh, Eliza from Hamilton. <laughs> from Hamilton. You know, Eliza wasn't real. She's just from Hamilton, the musical. And the the big, my takeaway, like the big triumph and tragedy of this, Ooh. of Paul, is that he like could see the future. So he did everything perfectly right to like, keep supporting the Fremen, but like not being made a God by following Fremen tradition. And he sort of saved Chani from a worse fate and still got children and like eliminated all the Atreides enemies. And like, like he maneuvered it all perfectly, but he was like depressed the whole time. And it ended up with him having to like sacrifice his vision and his life. Yeah. And there's also like the to think about prescience in this way, like he would he could only ever see a future in which he could see the future, which meant that whether he was doing it on purpose or not, he was doing everything to keep himself in control of spice, which (laughs) allows him to see the future. And if he's in control of spice, chances are he's still the emperor on this planet controlling this army of of fremen so every time he was peering into the future even if it was good even if like he was like oh this is the angle i gotta take he was still prescient which meant that he was still in charge of everything and and very powerful so so even you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions he is uh that's that's how i've that thinking about that is how like i have because he's constantly being like, oh, I really got to stop doing this jihad. But he keeps <laughs> doing it. And I think it's like he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't. He can't like control. He can't really control it. He just like right. sees what's going to happen. And he yeah. he's powerless to stop it's, it. It's not like he could do something different. Because then like if he did, he would have seen like that would have been what we would've, he right. would have seen. Right. Yeah. Which is and cool. I think, which I think puts the first book into like higher relief you know yes i think so because they talk about this he talks about this uh 
around the table like they're all there one of the Kizarat guys and uh Aaliyah and uh uh Chani and or uh Princess Irulan and oh I think Chani's there too and Princess Irulan's like well why can't you just see the fucking future idiot and he like has this huge bit about it's this huge like actually a kind of um it's it's very technical about something that's impossible monologue <laughs> about like the ability to see see the future and I thought that was mm-hmm. Man, it, a lot of the, that stuff, I'm like, where was this in the first one? I understand that like, I know. characters needed to learn this, but I don't know, man. This is way better than the first book. Like, yeah, it's if you took like, whatever this book is on and like cut out all the dumb like Harkonnen chapters from the last one oh and like God. Put, pump more of this stuff in there, like that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it would be amazing. I love it when they... Like, remember... Because I was, I was, you know, um, proof listening to the episode, uh, I, and I and I had said like, there's no dissenting voices at all in the first book. There mm-hmm. are dissenting voices in this book, and it's really interesting and juicy. Like that, mm-hmm. like a uh, like that Fremen guy who was this warrior, who who yeah. is like now completely unsure and shaken. I'm I'm really happy that's here, but that other book is 600 fucking pages and there's none of that know, in it. I know. Or like Aaliyah being like this religious figurehead, but like we also didn't even talk like, about that. Yeah, she's like this religious fig- she just like has her own church and all these like ceremonies she has to do, but like she hates it and doesn't want to do it. You know who she reminds me of? Who? Vin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is. She's. I mean, yeah, she's a reluctant yeah, religious yeah. figurehead. It's happening again. It can't stop happening. I mean, Ellen. I mean, yes. I. Hey, Paul's an emperor. Ellen's an emperor. I know. Everywhere we turn, all roads lead back to Mistborn. <laughs> you. That all should be the alimantic highways lead back <laughs> to Mistborn. Can that be the title of this episode? <laughs> <laughs> not, not about Dune at all. I think we will lose what few listeners we have if we <laughs> if we have this anything to do with Mistborn. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So this, like we were just saying, I mean, this is where a lot of the this book is where a lot of the 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 inversion of <laughs> I was reading about this uh, last week. Um, a lot of not a lot, but but. A, a not insignificant amount of reviews of this book at the time did not like it because they're like, where's the action? They're like, where's the, or, or, or they're like, where's like all the hero stuff? Like the heroes are yeah, the bad Paul's, guys. Paul's not a hero anymore. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't like, but that's, that's really interesting. Like I mm-hmm. love seeing Paul as this guy, like this, yeah. this is my uh, Paul Atreides yeah. baby. I love mm-hmm. all that stuff. Him being like a horribly depressed, uh, uh, religious, a zealot leader is really interesting. Yeah. Like a puppet of his, of just like the universe. Like yeah. it's very like, you know, that raises the questions of like determinism versus yeah. free will. And I think it's an interesting, like, I think Herbert gets, should get more credit for, like, writing, I think especially in this one, like, writing a compelling story with a main character who can see the future. Yeah. Because <laughs> that because immediately that removes, like, all tension. And I I sort of felt like in the last one that was sort of not done super well, but I think for this one, like... 
because it kept being like Paul knew what he had to do like he knew what this meant and he knew like the vision and like so as a reader you're like he knows what's going to happen but you don't and I think that's like that's an interesting way of creating tension for yeah uh, for someone who just can knows the future (laughs) you know it's funny other books also use like that phrase like this character knew what they had to do but in dune's case it's like literally uh like yeah i think that's interesting like that you're you that's a really good point like you would think on paper if i told you the book is about a guy who could see the future and is unstoppable and is invincible (laughs) 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 so 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 the the conspirators i i was joking about it before but i i do think it's it's actually really good that herbert's like okay what could the conspiracy do and it's like oh you need an annoying like philosopher to to debate this guy into committing suicide like i think that i think that is so cool and like so smart of like from a from a plotting and like not technical writing in the in like the collegiate sense but like the nitty-gritty of writing standpoint Mm -hmm. i think that that is such a smart decision because it's not like there's no like i mean it is kind of like that at the end unfortunately where there's like an assassin who tries to kill him but uh instead of it being like a big weird bat like lightsaber fight with fade rautha at the end of the first book which i didn't feel like made any sense is like a cool debate or or or, or, or a compelling debate and conflict between two uh characters who are both trying to convince each other of like who they really are and that is happening mm-hmm. throughout the it's a through line through the entire book and gets resolved at the end in a satisfying way like yeah i know that's <laughs> saying something happens a whole book and gets resolved in a satisfying way sounds like a low bar but listener <laughs> have you been listening to the podcast i mean <laughs> it's really good when when we fought when we stumble upon it you know yeah. i love it and like it is it it just seems more and more clear like oh this is the stuff he's like trying to say right. and interested in uh yeah. i was it's because there there is a point I, th- I just think it's funny there was a point where they like they talk about hitler <laughs> because like, oh yeah i thought that was funny I and uh, we haven't talked about that where paul was like yeah that's cute what he did it's like seven million yeah. people i've killed 47 billion people <laughs> Yeah. cute for the time he lived in yeah that's in it, it's a it's a reminder because i feel like you can quickly forget that this is supposed to be our future it's not like a different galaxy far far away or yeah. anything it's it's like I, I i really like that part normally i feel like i hate that kind of thing but i enjoyed well, it here. it almost seems like i don't know what you think about this like for me it felt alternately like oh that could be that's an interesting choice to just say that it like at one at one point seems like random and unearned. Like we never see the planets, like right, the, right. The yeah. devastation on other planets is never like yeah. described in detail. Like all we see is from like the on the ground POV of Paul on this planet, which I think that's also an interesting choice. Like you know, he also hasn't seen the billions of people his actions have killed you know it's sort of like oppenheimer you know he d- he yeah. never saw the bombs go off on in japan right like he he just saw what he saw and then heard about everything and so i think it's like a it's interesting to think about it from that similar angle where like he knows 
sort of intellectually and statistically like what his actions have led to but like he has this weird emotional disconnect from it he's like i'm just trying to stay alive you know yeah yeah well there doesn't he he literally is that the same part where they're talking about hitler he brings that up he I think I think Aaliyah or no Chani's like you haven't really killed anybody and he's like I've yes I have it just hasn't been me like <laughs> getting bloodied by it but the yeah. deaths are all on me um yeah man this like Paul is a much more interesting character in this book he's 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 a character I think <laughs> yes yes he is a character and I'm pretty sure this is not the last you see of Paul uh i mean actually actually i don't know i think in the next book uh he is the there's like (laughs) there's like a a crazy prophet in the middle of the desert and everybody's like oh who's that and it's like (laughs) oh really (laughs) yeah come on come on guys (laughs) uh but he's not like the emperor he's just this really he just is a religious sort of figurehead for the fremen um i I was wondering what you thought because i remember when we uh talked about the last book you were like you know i think my two favorite characters in this in oh, the first Doom book were lady jessica and gertie halleck I and know. they are not in this book <laughs> at i know all. I, they kept they set up really early they're like you know lady jessica just writes you letters and i thousand percent sure was like oh we're gonna get to her at some point but nope it doesn't happen Nope. And Gertie Halleck, I've, I've almost, I was almost like, did he die in the last book? And I forgot. <laughs> like, what what happened to him? Is he in any of the rest of them? I honestly, I have no idea. You know, I'm just going to look it up because it's. <laughs> I'm going to Google, why isn't Gurney? Yeah, it's the first thing. If you, yeah. Where is comes Gurney up. Halleck now? He's with Lady Jessica. Oh, I th- oh yeah, I think I read this too. Where like they're like romantically involved now, right? Yes, I think that's yes, what happens. I think you're right. But Lady Jessica, that's a real but shame. On I Caladan. think. Yes, they are. But it's a real shame because she's like terrified of those kids, and 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 that that would have been if if you're gonna make this book longer, that's how you make it longer. Is yeah, like Lady Jessica and Gurney Halleck. She has to come to terms with the son she has created. You know. Yeah. They. Uh, damn. That's funny. I, I I can't believe I I meant to bring that up, but I got so <laughs> I got lost. I got oh I got I got melange <laughs> running through my veins, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh. but I mean, all in all, um, you know, Dune. It's this book is a lot better than the first one, uh, but it's still I don't know, man. It's not the best thing I've ever read. It still has its Herbert isms. Yeah, it does. Like I, was, like, I think I had uh, more so on this one, maybe because I was like sort of less clear about the details of the plot. But like, you can't like just relax and read this book because it'll no, like just because no. the point of view shifts are so intense. It's because almost like this is almost the right length for a book like this because like I think there was a sentence or two where like you were you started one and these are not long sentences you started one half of a sentence in someone's head and then you ended the sentence like in someone else's head and like that i think i found that a little (laughs) disconcerting i know people like talk about it as like third person omniscient but like i was thinking about it and like i feel like there's even for omniscient it's like either bad third person omniscient or i was thinking about like (laughs) if there's another 
can you call it like third person random where it's like just randomly you're in random people's heads at random points because it's not even consistent to like paragraph by paragraph or like oh there's a break and now we get to see the conversation from this person's perspective it like it really is all over the place yeah the the, the it, it, I, I i wanted to bring this up too because i'm happy i'm happy you brought that up I know it's it, you're right it is tough to call I like that third person random <laughs> I think that's good um is this the like I feel like this is one of the only books of this sort of genre that is third person omniscient or like just in this very specific dune way because I wonder if like maybe this was a very common way to write like pulpy sci-fi in the 50s and 60s and then dune got popular and then yeah, yeah more people read it and realized like oh this kind of doesn't work and it's really confusing and so then no one ever did it <laughs> i think it might again it, i think it in the in the context and like lore of this book with everybody going crazy because they're taking drugs 24 7 i it feels almost purposefully confusing mm. and overwhelming but that's i'm not i am never the person to be like maybe it's bad on purpose like that's not <laughs> no you don't get a pass from me um i wanted to read this this section here there's a there's a bit i like here it's a it's a pre-chapter um um thing uh it's from muadib on law <laughs> from the stilgar commentary <laughs> There exists a limit to the force even the most powerful may apply without destroying themselves. Judging this limit is the true artistry of government. Misuse of power is the fatal sin. The law cannot be a tool of vengeance, never a hostage, nor a fortification against the martyrs it has created. You cannot threaten any individual and escape the consequences. Now, when did when did Paul ever say that? When do you think he ever <laughs> he ever had the time or, or the knowledge to ever say that ever? Well, you know, I, I, you could interpret it as all these like commentaries and things that um, are in these epigraphs are just like people writing about what they thought and putting words in Paul's mouth after he's gone. You know, oh, like interesting. Like, same yeah. with like Irulan. Like if you think about the pre-chapter headings of, yeah, that's a good point. Like everyone sees it because it's like this is the him being emperor is the biggest, most devastating thing to ever happen in the whole universe. So, of course, everyone would have, like, opinions on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of, like, how history happens, I guess. Oh, hey, you know, I uh, also forgot to say this. One more plot thing is that the the part of the conspiracy, the Tleilaxu, they're like, we're going to make our own fucking spice, idiot, and we're going to put it somewhere else. Oh, yeah, they, I think they get some spice off-planet. Like, do. some of the guild they steal, people. Well, they yeah. steal a worm. Yeah, they steal a worm. Now, I want a heist, sci-fi heist novel where yeah. these fish dudes try to steal a worm from out of the no <laughs> under the nose of Paul Atreides. It's like weird Rogue One. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ro uh, Rogue One, but it's a worm. Rogue Worm. Rogue, Rogue Worm. worm. <laughs> fish Worm. <laughs> um, well, you know. I know it's on the shorter side, but I feel like that's all I really have to say about Dune Messiah. Yeah. Frank Herbert likes knife fights. That was another big takeaway from this book. Yeah. Also, again, no shields with the knife fight uh, because it doesn't it wouldn't work. Oh, hey, here's something. You ever notice when they say shield wall? He's talking about like rocks. Like, yeah, 
it's not really shields or it is a it, it is a shield or the shield oh, is rocks. So, okay, so yeah, shields are like the tech that blocks stuff. The shield wall is like the the rock formation outside of Arakeen that like protects Arakeen from storms. And that's what they blow up at the end of the last book. Thank you. So the sandstorm hits so they can all attack it so the ships can't escape. Thank you. Because no. and I and I swear I thought at one moment a real shield engulfed the city, and in addition to the shield wall being a separate thing. <laughs> so thank you. I was very confused until this moment, and then we jump to the point of view of the shield wall, and we <laughs> wonder what the shield wall is thinking. Look how the shield wall weaves its <laughs> spindly web. <laughs> All these wall-like conspiracies. It will build a wall across the whole planet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, hey, Dune Messiah, if you read and liked the first Dune book, I tell you, you're gonna love this one. Yeah, uh, and and I'm sure you'd probably like the rest of them. I don't know, I don't know uh, anything about what's his face, his books, uh, his son. I but... think they're. Uh widely panned by everyone in the dune community as bad and you shouldn't read them it nice okay well then that like, sounds like, right like up our alley. they're like fan fictiony Ugh. like i think he's just cashing in on the fact that he was this famous guy's dad damn that's people like don't like them and he's like say evil not to christopher tolkien he's like the <laughs> yeah. reverse christopher tolkien <laughs> yeah it was christopher tolkien kept writing like fanfic called legolas or something <laughs> holy fuck that'd be awesome that, I mean, that'd be awesome when, when you know on this podcast we've obligated to read all of them and hey that's a great segue into uh something i am very excited about which mm-hmm. is what hardcover hooligans will be reading next we're leaving metals in the past we're leaving <laughs> warring planets and moons in the past and we're leaving all the you herbert heads behind because we are entering the world of middle earth yep. finally uh so, i am excited uh uh danilo you've never read them have you I've read The Hobbit. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's good. Because we are starting with The Hobbit. Yes, that is the only one I've read before. And I've seen all the movies, and I'm, I've watched lots of lore videos. Have you seen all the Hobbit movies? I have seen all the Hobbit uh, movies. You poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw them all in theaters. So did I, the day they came out. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, obviously, like, I was alive when the movies came out. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, and like a little boy. I, I watched <laughs> the movies before I read the books, so, but I read The Hobbit before I saw the movies. Mm. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, me, when that Hobbit movie came out, being... It, I, I, it was the first time in my life where I was like, you know, the, uh, the book is actually way better than the movie. And I, and hey, I was right. And I'll forever be right. That was me with the Jim Carrey series of unfortunate events movie. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Where like, I read those books and I saw that movie and was like, the books are better. You ever watch that? You know what? Fuck Dune. It was, we're talking about unfortunate events now. You ever, uh, uh, you ever watched that Netflix show? Was that good? I never, I never actually I saw it. I started it. I don't know why i really don't like the show Hmm. on netflix i like recognize it's good and a faithful adaptation and it's well made i think part of it is it has that like those books are a big part of my childhood and i'm very like specific like 
I feel like the, the spirit of those books is something very specific to me or like the way I see like the soul of those books. And like, I don't see that translated into the Netflix show, which is a very specific issue I have, I think, with them. And I think everyone who's watched them and has read the books also liked them. Yeah. Well, Danilo, have you ever played the series of unfortunate events video game i haven't played the video game but i own i owned the board game whoa (laughs) i didn't know there was a board game it's basically clue oh that's good that's fun yeah do you have to like fight do you have to like uh beat up bad guys i think you like i think you like you're the you like everyone plays the three kids you go like room to room collecting clues and then like count like someone else plays count olaf and he like chases you through the room oh that's fun oh so like one of the care one of the players is like the bad guy yeah i think so i'm pretty sure that's how it works well folks tune in to when we in an audio platform similar to a D &D podcast we play the series of unfortunate events (laughs) board game (laughs) you know what actually might be fun to do is uh is is somehow find a way to film and play the dune board game I think that'd be great because we have a friend who has one yep. and it's a fun game. And he likes Dune, I think, way more than either of us do. So that's that'd be true. Really... <laughs> so it'd be us ripping into him because that's 2v1 the whole time. My my conception of the... I would love to read the other books at some point. Oh, yeah. I know when I think about Dune ha- Chapter House, my impression of Children of Dune is it's just all about how horrible the children are. <laughs> Yeah. Like at ruling. And then the third one or the fourth one, God Emperor of Dune, is like he's a worm emperor who can see into the future, which I think is awesome. Have you seen like pictures of it? No, I haven't. (laughs) Artistic interpretations of I think it's like I think it's one. It might be one of the children or like one of the children's children. It's Mm -hmm. like a big worm. Oh, worm guy. Ugh. One of them had to like make love to a worm. I think he like did so much spice and i want i don't know i don't really want to read frank herbert's warm sex scene if it is out there do leto the second atreides i i hovered over it and it's a photo of james mcavoy oh because he plays him in the miniseries in like 2003 oh right yeah yeah yeah. i forgot about that i meant to bring that up too is that the first three uh first three of these were a miniseries that i did not know existed in the world until uh the other day when i was uh, prepping yeah look up leto atreides the second and you'll find a lot of wonderful artistic representations of this worm emperor ew he looks kind of cute when he's sitting on his little throne here (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you thought Baron Harkonnen was fat. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, he's got like hands. That's fucked up, man. And I oh, think the idea cool. is he's like, he's even more powerful than and far seeing than Paul. Like he's like worried about like the future of the human race. And he's like, hey, these billions of people have to die so that we can evolve as a species. <laughs> well, he's just hardcore. He's not willing to take those steps, you know. <laughs> Uh, Danilo, I'm gonna send you something. Uh, hang on, I gotta, I gotta find a way to do it. Or... I found, I found a great picture. I'm gonna send it to you on a. Do you have Discord open? I can. My Discord is downloading updates. Oh boy! Well, whenever it opens, I sent you a pretty cool photo. <laughs> you should check out. <laughs> okay, what's with all these Discord updates, huh? 
Hey, what are they updating? Because the call audio is not getting any better, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that pretty good? (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) That's very very tasteful and simple. Very funny. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, I'm sure you've got other stuff to do. (laughs) So this will not be in that episode. We will keep. Well, I don't know. It might be. Um, anyway, yeah, we like to end every episode with ten minutes of us looking at pictures independently. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are one of the lucky bastards who read along with us, uh, read the entirety of The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can do it. It's short. It's a kids' book. It's fun. It is fun. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, slash Facebook at Hardcover Hooligans. You can also email us at hardcoverhooligans at gmail.com. Um, but all of that will be in the description. And if you liked what you listened to today, leave a five-star review, please. And if you didn't like it, just forget it ever happened. Move on. Yeah. But And if you really didn't like it, I would not go listen to the Mistborn episodes. And now if you really, really didn't like it, you could uh, stare into a nuclear bla- blast until you go <laughs> blind and walk into the desert. So, you know, maybe consider doing that first before you leave yeah, a negative review. That. Numb nuts. God, these people, man. These these sag aftra members, huh? Jeez. <laughs> they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. <laughs> pull, those, pull themselves up by their MFAs. <laughs> Oh, yeah! He's burning him up! Yes, sir. (laughs)